Welcome to the Cleansing Word Podcast with Pastor Kevin of Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa. Join us as we go through the Bible as we encourage your walk with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa, visit us at cclv.org. And please share and subscribe to this podcast. Now, let's hear a message from God's Word. So... We, we're going to celebrate communion today, and um, with that, I just felt the Lord calling me to talk about the blood, um, the blood of Christ. And so, with communion, um, different Christian traditions, different churches have different thoughts upon that, and I really wasn't going to go too much into that. Um, but here at Calvary Chapel, we believe that the the cup is a, a symbol of the blood that the the bread the in this case the matzah bread today um, that it's a symbol of his body that was broken for us and so just wanna wanted to put that out there and um, our passage <clears throat> excuse me our passage comes from Matthew twenty six twenty six if you want to turn there, that's where we'll start. We're going to skip around a bit today. Um, there's just, if you just um, word search blood in the, like a Bible app, there, there's just so many verses. Um, we could go through a lot, but I picked out some specifically um, that just talks about a, a bit about it. And so we're in Matthew 26, 26 through 30. So this is the Last Supper. And Jesus is instituting the Last Supper here. Um, so we know that, I mean, this last month we celebrated um, the Passion Week. And Good Friday along with uh, Resurrection Sunday that... Um, that this happened the night um, that he was betrayed and the day the night before he went to the cross. And so we have here the Last Supper. They are gathering in that upper room that Jesus told them to go and seek. And it says in Matthew 26, 26, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you that I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And so Jesus here institutes um, this new thing, this the the communion supper, the the communion ordinance here, that first he t- he blesses the bread, he breaks the bread and says, Take eat, this is my body. And so 
this is again foreshadowing his death and um, his here in his broken body and then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many in the remission of sins and so um, the blood here specifically of the new covenant um, signifying that um, the old sacrificial system is going to be fulfilled in Christ as he goes to the cross and dies for us as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You know, it always um, just astounds me that Jesus would come and go through this. You know, he was, before this, he was threatened. I mean, they tried to push him off a cliff. Um, you know, they wanted, he had threats of, of death threats throughout it. Um, you know, the religious leaders constantly on him. Um, but here, this night, he knew what would happen throughout that night and that next day. And yet he went through it. You know, it, that that passage where he, um, they're trying to throw him off the cliff, that passage always is interesting to me because it, it basically just says that he just, like, walked through him. <laughs> he just went. He just, you know, it wasn't his time. It wasn't the manner of death that he would take for the forgiveness of our sins. You know, I... The, that old rugged cross that we sang about today, that he endured all of that, all the beatings, all the the whipping, the the beating, the crown of thorns, the just the mockery, the the physical pain of it all, of the cross alone. And he went through all that, his body broken, his blood shed for each of us, for our salvation. You know, he is that Lamb of God who was slain for the forgiveness of our sins. And this comes all the way back to Exodus, chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. And so we go back to that first, um, to the Israelites escaping um, Egypt fleeing Egypt. We have that in Exodus 12, 1 through 13. And this talks about um, that that night where they would um, sacrifice the lambs and put the blood on their doorposts. Exodus 12, 1 through 13 tells us, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, 
Let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons. According to each man's need, you shall make the count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You, sh- you shall make it from the sheep. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it into the fourteenth day of the month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Did you catch it one? Um, foreshadowing the Messiah's death. And they shall take some blood of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the house where they eat it. So they would dip um, like their brush of the day. I know it has a name. I'm forgetting the name right now. Um, but they would take that and um, put it on the sides of the door and around the top. So the doorpost and the lintel. Then they shall eat the flesh of on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall not, none of it remain into the morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. So they were to, they were to be ready. They were to fill up on the this first Passover meal, and that they would have that energy to flee, and that they would be, um, you know, belt on your waist, sandals on your feet, staff in your hand, you know, ready to move, ready to go. And it finishes up in 13. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on your houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So the blood, the importance of the blood here is that it was that covering um, for sin. That they their houses would be passed over. And any house that didn't have this mark, this covering of the blood, um, death would come to the firstborn in all the land of Egypt. Just as the blood was applied to the doorpost and to the lintel, Christ's blood is applied to our hearts as it was applied to to those doorposts and death spiritual death passes over us as we believe on Jesus for our salvation Leviticus 17:11 tells us for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls for it is the blood that makes atonement for your soul so of course, life is in the blood. If we didn't have our blood, we wouldn't be alive. 
And if we lose our blood, I mean, death comes quickly. And so it's, it's life. It, it gives us life. And Jesus gave that life. It was poured out on the altar um, of the cross to make atonement for our souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. That, you know, in the Old Testament, it was the, the animal sacrifices on that altar. And, and now Jesus fulfilled that um, by going to the cross and being the Lamb of God who was slain for our sin to make atonement for our souls for eternity once and for all that we don't have to have that sacrifice over and over and over and you know there are some that see communion as as that sacrifice kind of Christ being sacrificed over and over but he did it once and once and for all um, that he gave that blood to make atonement for our souls as Leviticus 17.11 tells us. The blood of Christ also justifies in Romans 3.21-26 but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this is why we needed Jesus to go to that cross to shed his blood. Because we have all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. There's no way for us to atone for our own sin. There's no way for us to be good enough to overcome our sin but but Christ right but Christ for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus so it's through Christ and Christ alone that we can be saved that our sins can be atoned for our sins can be forgiven because verse 25 tells us, whom God set forth, meaning Christ, whom God has set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. So in Christ and through the blood of Christ, you know, just as the Israelites celebrated that first Passover and have celebrated it since. That that first one where God passed over their houses as they had the blood covering on their doorposts and their lintel. As I stated, it's that covering in of our hearts, of our life, by the blood, that his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed, that through the blood of Christ um, were justified, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith, having that faith in Christ, 
applying it to our lives to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God has passed over that Passover the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at this this present time that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus so we can't justify ourselves we can't go to the judge and plead our case and have justification no it's Jesus because he that he might be just and the justifier of us the ones who has put faith in Jesus so that comes from Romans 3 21 through 26 Romans 5 9 tells us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him we go from death, spiritual death, to life eternal as we trust in Jesus, as the blood of Christ is applied to our life. Much more than much more than having now been justified by his blood, we have been saved from the wrath through him. No longer are we destined for hell and all its wrath, but we are heaven bound with a home for eternity in Christ. He goes before us to set that home for us. He has gone before us that he might welcome us into his glory. Romans 5, 1 through 11, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom, through whom also we have access by faith into his, this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Now we have all gone through hard times throughout life and this last couple of years particularly has given us all challenges. But in Christ we have peace. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That we have that access by faith into the grace in which we stand. So that standing... I, I love that throughout scripture that pops up often that we stand in Christ that we the grace in which we stand you know we stand on the rock um, that he's our strong fortress that and in that we can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God we have that hope that great hope that sure hope in Christ that no one else, no other thing can give us. And through that, and through that, we can glory in tribulation? Because why? Because it produces perseverance, character, hope. Because now the hope doesn't disappoint. We're not let down by God. Because the love of God 
has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. For when we were still without strength, have you felt that? (laughs) Being without strength? But in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. No, for a good man, a good person, scarcely somebody might die for them. Yet, perhaps for a good man, someone even dare die. But God, I also love that phrase, but God. You know, the world could be going totally opposite, totally south on us. But God. (laughs) But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, we didn't have to clean up. We didn't have to get our act right. He met us there in our sin. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death in his Son, Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. God has reconciled us. He's, He's made that relationship right between us and God. And he did it through that death through the death of Jesus. And if he did that while we were enemies, now that we are in Christ, you know, having been reconciled, we will be saved by his life. So we not only have salvation from our sins, but we have eternal life, that great hope, that sure hope of being with Christ in heaven forever and ever. We are justified through Christ and Christ alone. It is also our redemption. Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be a holy and without blame before his love, before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So it's his good pleasure that we are his sons, his daughters, that we've been adopted into God's family. What a blessing that is, that we would be called his sons, his daughters. And how, having predestined us as adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. So we are redeemed. You know, redemption. Just think about redemption and what that means. Taking something of no value, of little worth, and making it glorious. Not because of us, but because of God. That through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to his riches of his grace, that he values us, that he lifted us up. Because he was lifted up on the cross and shed his blood through us, that he redeemed us, that he took that little no value and made us sons and daughters of God. According to his riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. It's his good pleasure to do this for us, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in all things in Christ, in one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. One day we'll all go home, Um, it really struck me when um, um, I think it was Dave and maybe Aaron and or Linda do who um, were talking about Linda's mom and just how in her faith she just stated you know I'm ready I'm going home and uh, you know and she did She's in, she's in the presence of Jesus because that for a believer to be absent from the body is to be present in the Lord. And so one day where the Lord comes to gather us all or we go one by one that we will all go home one day. And what a reunion that will be. That we will all be in Christ together in His grace and in His glory. That He's going to gather us together, all which are in heaven and which are on earth, in Him. What a day that will be. And we are brought near by the blood also. Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called under circumcision, by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Just think about all the people that you know that are in this place that 
they were outside, uh, that they are outside of the faith, that they're aliens, that they're strangers from the covenants of promise, that they have no hope, and they're without God in this world. You know, that's what we pray for. That's why we're praying for revival, that we're praying that God would move in this place, in our lives, in this country, in this world, so that we can rejoice with Christ for those who have come to faith and be welcomed into the family of God as we are in Christ, as we are his sons and daughters, that many more would, that we could call brothers and sisters. There is no hope outside of Christ. And this world is full of that despair, whether they know it or not, whether they choose to accept it or they don't. But the Lord has created us all to be in that relationship with him, that intimate, deep, godly relationship that the Lord bought with his blood to reconcile us, to redeem us, to make that relationship new. And this is our prayer. This is my prayer. Verse 13, for all those people, they're out without Christ. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off and brought near by the blood of Christ. That is for us as believers. And that is our prayer for those who are afar off, who don't have Christ. We pray that they would be brought near by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ also gives us peace and we're reconciled by the blood and the body. Colossians 1, 19-23 tells us, For it pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell, talking about Christ, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now he has reconciled. It is that spiritual battle. It's, it, it's that spiritual battle in the mind. I see it, and I can particularly point to uh, my nephew-in-law um, that, you know, it's, it's really that battle of the mind. I mean, we see it throughout the country. Um, it's that battle. Um, I mean, this fits perfectly. And you who were once alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works. I mean, what do we see? I mean, evil in some ways was somewhat hidden in our country. But it has just exploded. Um, it's it's no longer even couched. It's no longer 
um, even tried to be um, like cringed upon, it, it's, it's out in the open. There's, it's open rebellion, total disregard for God, his ways, and Christ himself. But despite all that, it pleased the Father that in Christ all fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. And that you, who were once alienated and enemies in your wick, in your mind by wicked works, and now he has reconciled. Think of the person in your life that would be less, the most unlikely to come to Christ and give their life to Christ. Think of that person. But yet, in Christ, all things are possible. That even that person could come to Christ. Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. With all the things we've done wrong, we're going to be presented to present you, me, you. Jesus is going to present us holy, blameless, above reproach in his sight. Yes, he is. Because only in Christ can that be done. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. Let's walk in the faith. Let's stand in the faith of God. As uh, Philip comes, um, this passage talks about the blood and the body the blood and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him whether things on earth or the things in heaven having made peace through the blood of his cross we're at peace with God because of the blood we've been justified we've been redeemed by the blood we've been saved through his grace because he shed his blood for us and the body in the body of his flesh, through death. He did that. He died to present us, as I said, to present us holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. What an awesome God we have. That I could 
could be seen blameless. Only in Christ, only in Christ can we be seen in this way because he is blameless. He is holy. He is above reproach. He is our God, our Savior, our Lord, our King. As we go to communion now, may we just be forever grateful, praising him for his work in our lives and trusting in his hope that others will be saved. Uh, We give you glory, Lord. All praise and honor, it is all yours. May our lives be all yours. Lord, as we go from here, as we gather together downstairs, just pray a a blessing over our time and our meal together um, that be filled with your spirit. We give you thanks and praise this day. And we, may we go in your peace, your grace, your mercy, and your love and serve you and serve others this week, all in your name and in your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. May the Lord bless you and keep you this week as we serve him and serve others. Amen.